It's the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and in today's world, it's all about the small businesses, right? And if anyone knows about our local businesses, it's Bank of America. It's reassuring to know that you don't have to know everything, because with a network like theirs, there's always someone who can help. Now the big question is, what would you like the power to do? Check out your local Bank of America or bankofamerica.com to find out more. From the USHCC, this is In Her Footsteps, where we bring you conversations with dynamic Latina business owners who are helping drive the American economy and creating change in their local communities. In Her Footsteps is generously supported by Bank of America. Thank you so much for having us here. And it is so fantastic to learn that New Mexico and particularly Albuquerque loves women so much and so many of them <laughs> in great places of power. So in her footsteps is typically labeled as a fireside chat. Well, today the fire is a bouquet of flowers. Um, so, but let's get started because this is really about storytelling. It's really about learning about the contributions of Latinas as entrepreneurs as leaders. And so today we have with us, and I'm thrilled to host Patricia Chavez, um, as you heard, Senior Vice President and Philanthropic Market Executive for Bank of America. So really, let's just get right to the conversation <laughs> and learn what is a market executive and particularly a philanthropic market executive. Um, tell us what is it and what do you do on a daily basis, Patricia? Well, Jennifer, it's great to be here tonight, and uh, what a beautiful sky and evening in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's my first time here. What a great place to live and visit. I'm excited to come back in October as well. So I get this question. Somebody asked me earlier today, what exactly does a philanthropic market executive do? We actually, I lead a team of professionals who help foundations, endowments, and nonprofit organizations with their mission fulfillment through strategies and consultation. We also handle fiduciary guidance and advice for our clients, and we also handle all of the administrative work for that relationship as well. Um, on top of that, I'm on the personal side, I'm a mom. I have three children and a husband. We live in California. I grew up in the Los Angeles area. Yes. So, yeah, very excited. I'm surprised I haven't been in uh, New Mexico. I've been all over the United States, but first time here, and it's a great place. And it is a lovely place indeed. And so we know a little bit about what you do, but really we want to talk a little bit about recontributions of Latinas um, and Latinas as entrepreneurs. And you work in, you have had a pretty long um, and very successful career in Bank of America. And I know you've met Latinas and Hispanics uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, so we've talked about Latinos starting businesses at three times the national mm -hmm. average. We also heard that Latinas particularly have the entrepreneurial bug, if you want, mm -hmm. if you would like to describe it that way. What, you know, what can you say about the Latina entrepreneurship spirit? What makes female entrepreneurs um, special? From, from the perspective of, we do, Bank of America does a Hispanic business owner spotlight survey. And what we found in that survey is that Hispanic Latinos are a lot more optimistic about the economy, about, um, even with headwinds ahead of them, they're still a lot more optimistic than the non-Hispanic cohort. If you take women in that role, women as well have uh, thrived because they're positive. They bring their family, their friends into their network and circle to be successful. A lot of the women entrepreneurs that I've worked with over the years 
and, and our survey tells us this as well, started because they wanted to be their own boss, and frankly, they wanted to do more for their communities, for their families, and for their employees. And uh, a story that resonated with me, Jennifer, when I think of this question is a lady I worked with early on in my career. I was in small business and really helping small businesses grow and pulled it, pulled, definitely pulled out of my comfort zone at that time. I worked in our financial centers and was asked to do business development. And we had a focus at that time on women entrepreneurs. And I met this woman, she had a printing company and they did inserts for newspapers. So if you remember the Penny Saver or some of the major newspapers, she would do all the inserts for those papers and was very successful. What I found about her is that she was driven, she was positive. There was nothing that could stop this woman. She was incredibly smart and articulate. And at that time, you didn't see many faces like her in business. And uh, she was a barrier breaker. What I would say too, though, is she was caring, compassionate. She had her family members that worked for her. She was concerned about their healthcare needs, their ability to thrive, their children going to college. And at that time as well, not only did we take care of all of her needs in terms of working capital and financing her building and so forth, we also, on the flip side, took care of her from a personal wealth management perspective, educating her around what she needed to do to plan for retirement, what services we offered for her and her employees, um, including mortgages and so forth. So really just coaching her educated. But the best thing that happened in this relationship overall is she brought me in her circle. She brought me into her network. She introduced me to her friends who were entrepreneurs. She introduced me to her CPA, her attorney. Um, all of her key influencers, she put me at the table with her for decision making, and I'll never forget that because from there, I was able to grow professionally, also lean into a whole new network of people I didn't know before. And she also gave me a lot of courage. She said, you need to be talking to these people. And so it's really interesting because oftentimes, um, Latinas, females, they self-select out of, uh, of loan processes. They mm -hmm. think that they are not going to be accepted or their, their loan is not going to be approved. So really having somebody like you and really having that social capital and really leaning in into, into a familiar face uh, is something that's really, really critical for Latino businesses and particularly for females in, in the world, um, in, in, our, in our economy. Um, so, so it's really fantastic to have organizations and institutions like Bank of America that can really, that do really care um, enough to really make capital available so that small businesses can grow. And we know that businesses that have 250 employees or fewer are the ones that are really fueling the national economy. Mm -hmm. So they're creating more jobs than actually large, more new jobs than um, large national corporations. But so Hispanic uh, entrepreneurship is, is really interesting, but we have you here. And we wanna learn a little bit about what makes you tick. We wanna learn a little bit about really your trajectory because it's really those personal stories that become inspirational for Latina business owners and for Latina uh, young, young leader, emerging leaders. Um, so tell us a little bit about, uh, about when you look back at your youth um, and you look back at those formative years, uh, did you have any people or any experiences that when you look back today, you say, if that had not happened, I would not be who I am today? I would say it started with my mom. My mom came from Cuba and with her family, they moved, they left, fled Cuba. My grandfather was an attorney in Cuba and came to the United States 
and he had to pump gas in Florida and decided to come to California and he actually worked at Bank of America. He got a job, basically it was like 50 cents more an hour to go from what he did in Florida to come to California. And at the same time, my mom had to work to help support her family and she worked at Bank of America as well during that time. She went to night school and worked by day to help support her family. So when you hear stories like that, my parents, my grandparents, they were my inspiration. They taught us your work ethic, work hard, get your education, make sure that you're there for your family and make sure you're supportive of your family, your community and your friends. So we, you always show up for each other and I think that's the most important thing. Those were the early formative steps that I had. And of course, you mentioned your mother and the idea that she had to keep the family running. Um, and that's something that, you know, when you have a big problem, you just throw a female at it and it will be solved, right? Um, we should think about a number of places we should put some females in charge, shouldn't we? Well said. So, so it, what is really curious is that oftentimes, and particularly for millennials, right, we hear a lot about um, young, um, young people that they stay in a job one month or two months, one year or two years, and they are their job hunting quite a bit. And to me, it's very peculiar and, and, and not, not a story that we, we hear a lot, that you have been able to really um, develop your full career within, within Bank of America. So can you tell us a little bit for those that think that they need to, to change you know, companies on a, on a schedule of every two years, what, what sticking it around um, has really meant for you? Well, for me, I think what it's done, I've worked early in my career, I did make more changes along the way. Um, I worked in our consumer bank, we formed the small business channel, I worked in our business mm -hmm. banking channel. I served as a relationship manager in our business banking division for about seven years. And in my last role, I stayed in for 14 years. I was a market executive for our business banking division. And really, that was a time in my life where I wanted to be close to home. I had a lot of expanded assignments. I didn't have to leave Bank of America to be challenged. I took on, they would say, can you go manage another territory in this territory? I said, sure, I'll do that for you. Can you lead another market? Can you lean into another um, area of the company? to help out. I work as a market integration executive too, which is a separate role. I got very involved in our employee networks, including our Hispanic Organization for Leadership Advancement and our Hola. Hola. And our Hispanic Latino Leadership Council. So very involved in those activities to keep me going. But there was a point where I said, it's time for something different. And I think the I did that last year and transitioned from our commercial banking division of the bank into our wealth management business of the bank into this philanthropic role I have today. And it was transformational for me. I didn't realize how important it is to get out of your comfort zone because when you're in your comfort zone, it's comfortable, it's easy, it's what you do day in and day out. But when you get out is where you're learning, you're thriving, you're broadening your network, you're casting a wider net in your network, still maintaining the people you know and the relationships you have, but also growing and expanding your skill set as well. I think that's very important. For millennials, they change a lot and, and I think Perhaps when they find their destination, they may settle down. We'll see what happens with that down the road. Uh, but for me, it's, I've had a rewarding career with one company, but have been able to transition into a variety of roles over the years. So it's great to hear stories of success, but in my opinion, it's even greater to hear stories of failure. Oh, yeah. And clearly you have succeeded, but why don't we look back a little bit and, and, and talk a little bit about a time 
or an event in which you failed. I'm interested in a story of failure and recovery. Sure. Can you give me one of those today? Sure. Yeah. And I might have needed a little life support during that time too. Don't so worry. You have to we... lean on your network during that time <laughs> as well. But when I was a relationship manager for seven years, enjoyed that job, and one day they asked me, we want you to lead your team now. And it was leading my team who were peers and friends and people I had known for a long time. They said, we want you to be their manager and their leader now. And uh, I said, okay, I can do that. And I had a lot of support from my manager, from our HR partners, from a, a network of colleagues that I had at that time. But what, when I uh, first approached it, my first six months in, in the role, I noticed people weren't talking and our meetings were very dull. And I think it was more me instructing them on how to do their work because I did it very well for a long time. And I thought this way is the right way. This is where everybody, this is the direction everybody needs to go in. And we did need to change the culture and the environment a little bit. But what I found was we had a meeting and it was very quiet. So we ended the meeting and uh, one of a fellow colleague came in my office. So she wasn't a direct report of mine. And I said, what do you think? What is going on? Why aren't people talking in these meetings? And she said, you need to work on your active listening and pull out from them. Let hear from them what they want to do. And it was pivotal for me. I looked at her and I said, I do listen. And she said, no, 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 you need to let them speak more. You need to pull more conversation for them. You need to pulse check with them. And I said, okay. So I sat down, this happened on like a Thursday afternoon. I spent the whole weekend reflecting on it. And I said, okay, we have to change. And it, it was pivotal for me for the rest of my career. All of, now if you ask people about communication, they'll say, oh yeah, she's great at communication. She's very transparent. We know where we stand. We know where we need to go and what's the direction, what our purpose is. But I don't think when I was young in my career, I wasn't good at articulating that and really needed to pull that out of my team to make and, it better. And so it's important because oftentimes those are the places where we grow most, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah. and so the idea that, that you had the wherewithal to go and ask feedback, mm -hmm. right, from Perhaps somebody that was, was this person junior to you or yes. was they or lab? Yes, actually junior to me, but also someone who cared about me I knew and I knew I could ask this person and they would be authentic and honest. That They knew they could say, hey, this is what I think and this is what I'm hearing and gave me a good reality check at that time, which is what I needed, essentially. And, and so, and so you, you've clearly recovered very successfully from that. Um, and, and, and today we, we have a, a fantastic leader at Bank of America. Can you tell me of, of when, when did you know that you were in the right path, right? Because there's usually an event, a situation, an opportunity inside uh, in, in your career that, that you take advantage of, right? And did you have one of those moments in which you found yourself, you know what? I nailed it and I'm sort of on my way. If I look back, it was a time when I, when I, before I got promoted, I was asked to speak at a, at a meeting and it was a meeting of all the leaders. So of course you're going in this group and you're meeting leaders or sitting at a table. And my boss happened to tap me on the shoulder and said, okay, they want to hear from you. They want to hear what success looks like, what the market looks like. And I said, oh, you, you didn't tell me I was doing that today. And he said, well, you know, you, you know what you're doing. You can handle this. And I thought, okay, I like to be prepared. I like to know the audience. I like to do some homework. 
Uh, I didn't have time for that. So everybody ate lunch, gathered their lunch, and I just wrote, I, all I had literally was a pen and a napkin in front of me, and I started writing down some notes, and I did a presentation, which was about 20 minutes in content, and it was really just about what we were doing, the strategy, the market, the market conditions. I had done a lot of, luckily, luckily, I had read the paper. <laughs> I was always up to date on current events, um, always took advantage of knowing about sporting events and things like that too, so I could have conversations with people. But the, the thing that saved me that day was that I was, I'm a person who likes to be prepared. And when I got in the elevator that evening, I said goodbye to everybody, shook everybody's hand, and it was myself and the, the, the regional executive at that time was there. And we walk out and we get on the elevator and he said, Patricia, your stock went up today. And I think it was because of the presentation I had done, but also having courage, not letting anything stop me, and really just trying to do my best during that time, during a very challenging moment. That is, and, and oftentimes, um, I talk to a lot of young folk and emerging leaders and, and such in, in, in the capacity at the Hispanic Chamber in Philadelphia. And I find that oftentimes they tend to, as Latinos, they don't, somehow our culture is a little bit more formal mm -hmm. than, than others. And we oftentimes ask for permission, mm -hmm. right? Um, and are not nearly as courageous or, or, or I would say assertive as one might be. Yeah. Um, you work with a lot of folk in, a lot of um, employees in Ola. Mm -hmm. um, what, what traits and what things do you work with, with them in terms of helping them advance their career? A lot of what they ask for is career development. They want to learn more about networking, building their professional brand I think is a big topic for them. Especially, you know, the speaking up, they, they're very humble and I still find this, even in this next generation, they're very humble, they feel like maybe they're gonna bother you. If, and I said, it's not a bother. Pick up the phone, call me, email me, get on my calendar, I will work with you, I will spend time with you. But they're so uh, polite about it versus other, call, other groups. Uh, they'll pick up the phone and call and say, I need five minutes of your time. Actually, I need 20 minutes of your time. And, you know, so it's a different uh, dynamic. So what I teach them, I tell them stories about what I did. And a lot of what I did would be when I would go to an event or I had a meeting, let's say in New York. I would find out which executives I needed to meet with in New York or who I could get in contact with and try to get 15 minutes or 30 minutes on their calendar. And that was something courageous for me because I was one of those people who was very polite and respectful and didn't want to bother anybody. But that was, I wouldn't be in the role I am today had I not started doing that about five years ago. So I tell the younger generation the story because I don't want them to wait 20 years, 25 years to do something like this. I want them to start today. Today. I, I often say, do not ask for permission, ask for forgiveness, right? <laughs> and so that oftentimes um, has served me very well and, mm -hmm. and, and clearly has served you. Well, the other thing too is don't do, we can't do a disservice to ourselves. If you need an hour with somebody, get an hour with somebody. You've earned that seat at the table, so you should ask. Don't be afraid to ask, I think would be my advice to them. So, so time is, is nearly up, and, and I really want to thank you know, Bank of America, of course, for all the work that they do and for supporting Hispanic entrepreneurship and Latinas in particular. They are clearly doing such work with, with the OLA program. Mm -hmm. But if you had one nugget of advice that you would give a younger self, what is it that you would tell yourself now that you've been through all these um, experiences? I would tell my younger self to be courageous. 
and really be out there and encourage others to bring, bring them along the way. Have courage, be supportive of others around you. I think that has paid off for me big time too over the years is really having a good network around me. And I would say um, get out of your comfort zone. I, the comfort zone, the challenging area, that's where we get stronger, that's where we uh, grow and learn. Well, Patricia, it's been really such a treat to, to speak with you at this In, in Her Footsteps uh, uh, fireside chat or bouquet side chat. Um, and we really welcome uh, all of you and thank you for having us here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of In Her Footsteps. Don't forget to like and subscribe to In Her Footsteps wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review and share our episodes on your social media. In Her Footsteps is produced by Michael Saltz. You can find more episodes wherever podcasts are available or at ushcc.com backslash In Her Footsteps. Special thanks to Bank of America who sponsors the In Her Footsteps initiative at the USHCC.